This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, Clock Dodgers, what's up, guys? I appreciate you, as always, for joining me. It is a beautiful day today. You are a beautiful person. Never forget that. If you're new to the Clock Dodgers podcast, I just have a favor to ask of you. Not now. Because I want you to kind of test drive this whole thing um, and, and, and see if you enjoy it and you get some good information from it. And if you enjoy it at the end and you're new to this, I just ask that all you do is please hit the subscribe button. This way you get the new episodes as soon as they come out. You can go back and check out a lot of awesome interviews and guests that we've had on the show. It's been a fun ride. So I definitely want you guys to be a part of that. So if you're new to the podcast, for whatever reason, I really appreciate you for listening to this episode, and if you enjoy it, it's all I ask that you, you know, just uh, subscribe so you can catch the future episodes and and join us uh, with the Clock Dodger family here. So I appreciate that. Number one. Number two, JJ Zacharyson is my guest today. Great dude. Like, really good. Smart dude, obviously. Um, If you play fantasy football and you're not familiar with him, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, He is the editor-in-chief at NumberFire which is a obviously a fantasy sports website. Um, so I, I, you know, obviously you should be using that service, but if not do it and then you can check him out in different places. You can go and follow him on Twitter at late round QB, which is a, a good source for, for JJ information. <laughs> Otherwise I definitely encourage you to subscribe to his podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, I can only assume you enjoy to consume podcasts. If so, show JJ some love you could follow his Live in the Stream podcast with Denny Carter, which is always good. And you can also follow his, uh, subscribe to his new podcast, which is Late Round QB. Those are the two places that I would definitely send you in. Um, so definitely, as always, at the very least, follow him on Twitter. Hit him up. Let him know you enjoyed him on the show. You know, you got some good advice from him. You appreciate his time. You hope he comes back. All that good stuff. Um, but yeah, we really do appreciate JJ coming on. He's a busy guy. As always, with every guest, I appreciate their time. Uh, and, and conversating with us here and, and uh, giving the Clot Dodgers family a good old visit. And all I ask is that, the, you know, the listeners give them that love back. Not too difficult. Great conversation. I don't really want to take away too much time from it. So I'd rather you guys just get into it, to be honest. And then I'll catch you guys on the other end and we'll talk about some other stuff. You know, we'll do some chores, some house cleanup, get, you know, just reconnect on some things since we last spoke, you know. And again, if, you, if you're new, and you're listening because you're like, oh, damn, this podcast has JJ on it. I have to give that a listen. If you like it at the end and you want to support us again, it'd be awesome if you could just subscribe to the podcast. It would mean a lot. It would mean the world, to be honest with you, because we love doing this. And the bigger the clock that your family gets, the better everything gets. Um, also, you can be listening to this on any podcast app you want, any website. You can even stream it at clockdodgers.com if you'd like. Um, that That is another source where we have great contributors who also create great content. And uh, you can check some of their stuff out there. They got a lot of new stuff up there. Um, lots of new stuff, actually. Different, mostly sports stuff that has been really new, I think. Yeah, mostly the sports stuff. But go check it out. Let us know what you think. Follow us 
on Twitter at Clock Dodgers. Same with Instagram. Same with all the other social media apps. If you have any questions, concerns, feel free to tweet at me, DM me, or you can even send me an email at clockdodgers at gmail.com. Let's get to the episode, guys. I don't want to hold it up anymore. JJ was a great dude. This was a fun conversation. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot go with them. Can't do it. You play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. What's up, JJ? How you feeling today, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No problem. No problem. You, you know, you're, you're a man of many titles. You have your, you know, your hands in a bunch of different pots, it seems like. Um, and, and you do a really good job at it. You know, we worked with the schedule. We made this conversation happen. We're going to jump around a little bit, all kinds of different topics. Are you cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So I know, you know, many times or, or most times, I guess, for that matter, when you're on a podcast, people are typically looking for, you know, the fantasy analysis, which I love. And, and you know, we'll definitely discuss some fantasy football. But I wanted to touch on some things that weren't fantasy football or not, you know, analysis per se, um, straight out the gate. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So I, I wanted to start with the fact that, you know, you wrote an ebook. You do you do the podcast stuff that you do. You write articles. You're the editor in chief at Number Fire. You're obviously doing a lot. And from your own personal perspective, you know what what are character what what is a characteristic or a trait that you feel like if you were missing that you wouldn't have been able to do everything that you're doing right now? Um, I think it's the passion uh, for for fantasy football and and for the community and the industry and and all of that combined. Uh, I think that's a huge huge driving point. You know, I I work from home, have an office in my house, and it's it's great. I'm very fortunate. Uh, but at the same time, when I tell people that, they ask me, "How do you work from home? I mean, <laughs> how, how do you stay focused? How are you able to do that?" And and honestly, the reason is because I enjoy the stuff that I'm working on and I'm passionate about it. If you don't have that passion, I think. You're not able to uh, keep thinking uh, outside the box and creating new ideas and coming up with new ideas. Otherwise, you just kind of stay stagnant and you're not creating these new things for people to to uh, absorb and read and and dissect. If that passion's not there, you're just doing the same thing over and over again each season, and and that's not going to allow yourself to to be the best you really. Uh, and so that, that's, I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And that's, that's a strong thing to mention passion, because you also got to assume on the other, on the other side of that is not everybody has success, obviously right away or straight out the gate. And if you don't have that passion, those people tend to just stop doing it. Right. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I was, I was lucky that it took, you know, it took me a little bit of time to, to get a job out of this and be doing what I'm doing. But again, like without that drive to begin with, without that love for what I'm doing, there's no way that I would have been able to, to get a job. For sure. So more often than not, many people, you know, doing their jobs and they're doing jobs they don't love. So it's a paycheck, it pays the bills, but it's always, you know, it leaves them unsatisfied, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. I, I've talked before in the podcast about um, even a time in an office when I worked in when I worked in an office one time where um, someone came back from vacation and, you know, asked, how, how was it? You know, you enjoy yourself? And they were like, it was awesome, but back to reality now. And they were like, yeah. it sucks to hear people say that. But at the same time, it's like we control that reality. So, you know, if you're doing something like a nine to five that you hate, you know, you know, it's kind of, you're, you're kind of putting yourself there and, you know, obviously circumstances and stuff happen, but you're someone who went from doing a job that, you know, you weren't crazy about, I guess you could say, um, and transitioned to this job that you love. Um, 
what, what, what advice would you give for people who, and there's obviously a lot of them out there who want to make a jump like this, either in the fantasy football industry or just in general that you feel like made it easier or more possible for you to make that leap? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you have to look at time management first off, you know, I, I worked a nine to five. I was working in the ad agency world in my last life. Uh, and I just wasn't getting enough out of it, but I also was finding ways within my job to not cut corners, but to be more efficient. And that saved time for me to do some work, maybe at work <laughs> or whenever I got home, I wasn't as drained because I wasn't spending all day just kind of spreading out my workload for that day. I was getting everything done in four hours rather than eight hours. And I think that efficiency and that way of thinking really can help you kind of hone in on what you're trying to do. But then on top of that, um, you know, I, I, I think that it just kind of goes back to uh, that passion uh, and just you trying to differentiate yourself a bit. Um, I think the, the number one thing that folks need to recognize is that if you're going to be a fantasy football analyst, let's say, it's not going to work out if all you're doing is posting rankings. Right. Uh, that's, not, that's not differentiating yourself. You're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. You have to think outside the box. You have to come up with new and interesting ideas and innovative ideas that other people haven't talked about. And, and you know, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Don't just start writing about a, a, a draft strategy of taking eight tight ends in the first eight rounds of your draft just because. You have to have something that backs it up. And what backs it up is either math or, or data or, again, that passion. And you're, you're, you're using logic and reasoning to really uh, push forth that idea. Gotcha. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you something about that because, you know, it's something that I constantly remind myself and that when I'm talking to others about it is that idea of being original, you know, being different. It's super important. But fantasy sports in itself, and I know you've kind of touched on it as well, even recently on your podcast, but it's, it's a highly saturated industry, in my opinion. And, mm -hmm. you know, most industries, I feel like, are that way now, thanks to the Internet. Um, as a guy who's in a position that you are um, and so deep in this industry, you know, how, as far as, you know, what, what, what do you think, what is your take on the originality and bringing something different to the table? Like you said, you don't want to do it just for the sake of being different. It still has to have that value, right? Yeah. I think that there's just a lot of different ways that you can differentiate. I mean, my podcast, for instance, uh, one of the things that I, I went into, you know, I started this podcast, the late round podcast in April. It was the first episode when it launched. And before it launched, I thought to myself, what does the podcast, the fantasy football podcast landscape uh, what is it lacking? But at the same time, what is every other podcast doing? And to me, what I saw every other podcast doing is they were all similar in length. And a lot of times they were regurgitating what other podcasts were also regurgitating. And I, I realized that from a content perspective, I could try to bring something different to the table and that I will take very, very specific topics like predictability and fantasy football. And I'll just talk about it for 15 minutes and kind of make it more of a TED talk more right. than anything else. And, and have it uh, being be consumed in a different way. And the feedback's been great. It's been really interesting because a lot of people have just kind of adjusted to what the norm is in terms of podcasts and fantasy football podcasts specifically. And it's been cool to just kind of see some folks say, man, I didn't realize that I would actually enjoy a 15-minute podcast. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the way that I was thinking about it is that you can differentiate in a lot of different ways. It doesn't just have to be content related. It can be something as stupid as the the amount of time that you're spending recording a podcast. Um, there there are just a lot of different ways that you can differentiate, and I think that if you take more of a high a bird's eye view and a high level look at how you can dif differentiate, 
that's kind of your first step in doing so. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, even here, you know, at Clock Dodgers, when I started it, I was like, I want to do something that I enjoy, and then hopefully others enjoy it as well. And so, you know, like you, I do 15-minute episodes, I do 30-minute episodes, hour, mm-hmm. two hour, it just kind of varies. And they're all different subjects and topics. So it's cool that you do that as well. And, I'm, and you know, obviously, that's a big debate, too. You know, what's too long of a podcast? What's too yeah, short? Absolutely. What's just right? So it's always that that funny balancing act. But um, for people who are starting to write today, or starting a podcast today i mean i guess in terms of you know tenure or experience or reputation they're kind of behind right but what do you feel like they should target or hit the hardest to kind of make a name for themselves you could say or to stand out yeah i mean i I think that um one of the biggest things that in fantasy football at least and in the football industry one of the biggest things that's oversaturated is just standard player analysis i think there's just a ton of player analysis going on to the point where you know, the edge that people are getting in drafting a, a particular player is not nearly as significant as it used to be because everyone knows who everyone's sleeper is. Right. You know, there's there's sleeper articles everywhere. So I think that the the, the people who are doing the best work right now are the people who are taking and, and not 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 creating metrics just for the sake of creating metrics, but but doing uh, some interesting stuff like Josh Hermsmeyer's doing a lot with air yards, for instance. Um, that's a, that's a good example. I think where you're taking a specific topic like air yards, you see the relevance to how it translates to fantasy football and how, how, um, how important something like air yards are. And you're doing analysis around that. Or if you look at what Matt Harmon's done with reception, perception and player charting, what Graham Barfield's doing with, with the running back player charting, that kind of stuff. Again, it goes back to the differentiation aspect, but that kind of stuff is not just looking at, Hey, this guy scored this many fantasy points last year. Let's let's uh, extrapolate that a little bit, and we'll say that he's going to score this many fantasy points this year because we're, we're going to see that everywhere that we look on Twitter and on the internet. But right. what Graham is doing, what Matt's doing, when they're analyzing these players in such a different way, that's really making them stand out, and that's why they've been able to do what they've been able to do. That's interesting. And so what, what do you think about people? Like, I, I've obviously, we've all played fantasy football for a very long time, and it's obviously becoming very mainstream. And, and like you said, there's all kinds of new stuff for it. But there's people who I've played with in outside leagues before, obviously, before the internet craze got serious. And uh, some, some people, like, stopped playing, in a sense, and said, I don't like where everyone I'm playing with, I feel like, has the same information I have now. I used to do the extra work and win because of that. But now it's like everybody could just find that work easily um, or pay for it or whatever the case is. How, what do you <laughs> say to people like that, where it's – where they would you understand where they're coming from? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it to a degree. You know, I'm 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 my my biggest league is my home league, and I like to whoop my my buddies' asses. You know, right. I I, I want to win, uh, <laughs> and, and I know. I mean, the, the the crappy thing for me now is that they can just read what I'm writing and they know who I'm targeting and drafts. But <laughs> but but like at the same time, um, I I think that there are always going to be ways to find edges uh, in fantasy. I mean, we've seen. The evolution over the years where in the mid 2000s, it was pretty mundane. It was just here's sleepers, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, 2010 hits and into 2011, everyone uh, starts to talk a little bit more strategy. There's more strategy involved. And then, you know, for instance, I wrote my my ebook at after the 2011 season. And I, I think that that's where for me personally, I realized that there was an opportunity to start talking more about strategy uh, and, and showing more math and more work and more logic behind the strategy side of the game. And then there's things like Sean Siegel with his zero RB approach. I mean, there's there are there are things that that occur and that people think of that alter the way that we can think of the game. And if you can take those uh, nuggets and the things that these guys are writing 
and and apply it to your team and, and how you're approaching fantasy football, you're going to get an edge year in and year out because a lot of the people, you know, to me, it's very easy to go and look at an article and see who to draft based on sleepers. I mean, I do that in fantasy baseball, for instance. Right, you know, I'm not right. a huge, you know, I love baseball. It's a great, I'm, I'm more of a fan of baseball though than an, than an analyst of baseball. So I will just consume random articles that say, pick this guy. But when it comes to, you know, if you're really trying to gain an edge over someone else, you, again, I'm all about taking a step back, looking at things from a bird's eye view, seeing how the game is actually played and how you can take advantage and look at the game theory aspect of things. And that's where strategy comes into play. Gotcha. So I think that's kind of where, you know, the people who usually have an edge via uh, finding the right sleepers and player analysis and that kind of thing. That's where I think the edge is made now because, you know, the difference between the best player in your league to the worst player in your league in terms of player analysis and finding those sleepers and finding those breakout players is not that significant anymore. But the difference between a guy who understands lineup structures and knows when to draft what positions versus the guy who's on the other end of that spectrum is a lot bigger. Right. Absolutely. And, and those guys who leave always come back. They can't leave the industry for too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is we, we're seeing as fantasy football becomes um, more mainstream or pop culture, we're seeing people get into the industry who weren't always in the industry. Um, entertainment based people, right? Um, sometimes that seems to strike a chord with people because those people get gigs, they get jobs, and they kind of make a living off of fantasy football, even though it wasn't like their background or their expertise or anything like that. How do you feel about that entertainment aspect that's kind of making its way into fantasy football and the industry? Does it bother you or are you uh, a fan of it? Um, I'd say that I would lean more towards the it bothers me side of things, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because I know how amazing some of these analysts are that are out there who aren't necessarily as noticed or as out there as these people who are getting serious XM gigs and stuff. Right. Um, so, so that's, that's the side that bothers me. But I think at the same time we have to channel that and realize the reason why some of these people are getting the gigs that they are. And it's because a lot of what we're doing is entertainment based. Right. Uh, you, you know, it, when I'm writing an article, I'm not writing that article simply because I'm trying to get my opinions out on things. I'm writing that article because I'm trying to be entertaining for people and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to make them less efficient at their actual nine to five job by reading that article. But, <laughs> right. but at, you know, you know, like I, I do podcasts and stuff and I, I try to be entertaining on those podcasts. I mean, I do a podcast called living the stream with my buddy, Denny Carter. And, you know, we do this, uh, the podcast every week during the, the, during the football season and the podcast itself has turned into more of a, whatever. I mean, we're, we're basically, I mean, he's a dad, I'm not a dad, but we basically just tell dad jokes and talk about really stupid stuff. And we're very self-deprecating <laughs> throughout this entire podcast. And that's what it's just kind of become because it's more, you know, and people love it because it's entertaining. It's just more fun that way. Right. Um, and I think that people, you know, while there is the competitiveness of fantasy football and I'm all about that side of fantasy football, don't get me wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be doing the analysis that I love to do if not for that competitiveness. But we also have to realize that the other aspect of fantasy football is the community and bringing together and, and, and being fun and entertaining. And I think that's what we really need to focus on with these people who are getting hired. So while I get annoyed by it, sure, and it's it's frustrating that there are some people who have no idea what they're saying, uh, talking to a large, large audience. At the same time, I think we need to, to realize that those people are doing so because they can talk to a large audience. They're good at it. And, and that's that's a skill in and of itself. Right. So you kind of, if you have an issue with it, um, it's the idea is to get better at the entertainment side of it too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, there's, there's, there, there are so, like I said, there are so many good analysts out there who are putting forth, pushing forth so much good work 
both from, I mean, both from a film side and a data side, I skew data more so, but like, like the kind of work that these, that these uh, numbers people are doing is, is phenomenal. It's just that they haven't channeled all of it or bucketed it in the most consumable way just yet. And I think that has to do with that kind of connecting with the consumer and the entertainment side of things. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And so if we hopped in a time machine right now, we took ourselves five or 10 years into the future. How do you see the fantasy football industry then, um, you know, evolving? Do do you feel like we've, we've hit the peak or do you feel like there's so much more room still for growth? I think there's plenty of room to, to grow. I mean, there's a lot of casual players out there. And I think that what will happen is you're going to find that the guys who are pretty interested in fantasy football that are, are reading articles in, in March, April, May, those people are going to become even more intense and more insane. Maybe some will become analysts. The people who are more casual right now might become those people. And then there's still there's still a subset of people who just don't play fantasy football that will come in. I, I mean, the, the industry is, is most definitely still growing. Um, so I, I don't necessarily see, you know, I don't necessarily see changes to how, where we we are consuming the information. I think content is still going to be huge. I think that videos, so, you know, that, that boils down to, to video podcasting and stuff. I think that stuff is, is going to become even bigger because right. it's just becoming bigger in general. Um, but overall, you know, I, I think that if you kind of tear the demographics up, everyone will kind of move up a level because that's how engaging and addicting in a way fantasy football really is absolutely absolutely all right man well i mean that, that that was some of the questions i had about you and the industry in itself i want to get to some of the listener questions and then we'll, we'll jump to foul or no foul before i let you go um so we're gonna go straight to listener questions right now um these questions come from different people whether it was on twitter or fantasy life app different things like that um the first one is from josh crocker he uh, at jc crocker on twitter he says how do you look at player values when the demand isn't really fixed because half the lineup is flex when it comes to starting yeah, players that, yeah that's a that's a really good question and one that i think um it you know like scott fishbowl for instance that the uh the, the big league that scott fish runs mm-hmm. is a good example of of how to value players that when, when you have those massive flex spots the way that i look at it is look at your scoring system see see which positions are favored most whenever you lump wide receiver running back and tight ends together and then think of the demand in that fashion. So with Scott Fish and the Scott Fish Bowl, uh, the way that you know I, I saw that running backs had a, a ton of value because you're getting points per first down, and it's a standard scoring league. So when when it's a flex spot and you're getting, for instance, you're getting a point per reception, wide receivers should dominate that flex spot. So I assume you know in a stand in, in a PPR two running back three wide receiver one flex league, I go into the draft assuming I'm starting four wide receivers. Right. Um, but with the Scott Fishbowl, you have all these flex spots. I was assuming essentially that you are starting running backs in those flex spots. So I went running back heavy. I mean, obviously, um, you can also approach it from the perspective of if it's like a half point PPR, uh, you're starting in, in most standard leagues, you're starting two and a half running backs and three and a half wide receivers and kind of go from there. But generally speaking, look at the scoring settings and then see which positions become the most valuable as a result of that. Gotcha. All right. The next one is from at Adam Cahill uh, at the other FF guy. He says, with the oversaturation of fantasy stats and metrics in the industry, what are things that you get most excited to read from other writers? Man, that's a really, really good question. Again, I I think it goes back to what I was talking about with the the differentiation stuff. I mean, mean, if if there is... um, you know, if, if there's kind of a basic statistic that comes out, you know, I, I think less is more oftentimes with, with data. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that we take data too far and we try to do things with data that's unnecessary. 
Um, so I think that when someone takes a data pointer, a stat, and turns it into something really, really meaningful by just kind of displaying it in a different way. Um, again, I'll go back to the air yards example. You know, air yards is such an easy to consume stat. We know what air yards means. Right. We know intuitively what it is, but we also know through the analysis that's been done that air yards matter a lot in terms of how you should evaluate fantasy football. So anytime there's stuff like that that's pushed out there, I want to consume it. And then I'm just going to go back to the player charting thing too. You know, I I, I think that there is some inherent subjectivity to, to player charting, of course, but I think that it's also a really nice way to uh, kind of merge the film watching and the uh, the data side of, of football and fantasy football to a degree to to come up with some really, really interesting stuff to uh, to digest. And you, you get more... Um, out of out of the player charting stuff than you might see with data or that you might see with film because when you're watching film and you're not charting it, you're not able to consume everything that you think that you're consuming. And with data, you're not ever able to put context around everything that you're looking at. So anything that's done with from a player charting perspective, I love to digest as well. Interesting. Okay. Um, the next one is from at Z-P-E-R-B-S-8-C-Perbs-8. I can't say it. I don't know. Um, which real life wide receiver three will have the best fantasy season? I guess guys like Doxing, Cobb, you're assuming are wide receiver three. So like, is there anyone that you think of in that role that you feel uh, will have a great fantasy season this year? Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to just target, uh, you know, the high octane offenses. So Randall Cobb is a good example. I, I'm still kind of a Cobb truther. I didn't really realize it until I realized that he's on a lot of my dynasty teams and I just keep <laughs> drafting him. But I guess I'm sort of a Randall Cobb truther because we know what his ceiling is. And we know that he's associated with such a good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. I, I, I kind of, you know, I love that. I think a, a really, really interesting guy that uh, is going to be more valuable than what, what people realize uh, this season is Ted Ginn uh, okay. in New Orleans. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen that Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham kind of role be filled with guys who are who are very volatile week to week with their scoring because they're simply deep threats. But I think Tedgen has shown us that he's a little bit more than just a simple deep threat. Uh, but the match between him and Drew Brees, Drew Brees being one of the best long uh, distance quarterbacks in the league, he has. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable the, the numbers that he can put up uh, throwing the ball deep uh, and matching that with Ted Ginn. Uh, to me, I mean, I, I think Ted Ginn could end up being a top 30 wide receiver this season. Wow. Yeah. Whoever thought we were talking about Ginn like that, you know, the way he started know, his career, right? it's crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one is from at Jason, uh, which is Jason at two drink minimum. He says, how much do scoring f- formats where interceptions don't count against you negatively, um, move up quarterbacks like Bortles and who are other quarterbacks that you would feel would get a bump for that kind of scoring? So really, I, I don't really change the way that I look at positions when the scoring uh, is, is that subtle. Okay. Uh, you know, whenever whenever you look at your season long projections and you adjust for that scoring, you're going to see the differences. You know, Bortles is going to look better just because you know Bortles might be projected to to throw 18 interceptions this year. Aaron Rodgers only throws eight, so obviously the the, the 10 interception difference. All of a sudden, Blake Bortles is 20 points closer to Aaron Rodgers. But when you really look at uh, fantasy football from a week to week standpoint, uh, you're not seeing those differences that often. I actually did a study. Um, a couple of years ago, looking at uh, how quarter, how weekly quarterback scoring changed when you changed the scoring from four points per touchdown pass to six points per touchdown pass. Mm. And generally, you would assume that with a six point per touchdown pass league, you would have fewer usable quarterbacks because the elite quarterbacks are just doing it more often. Right. But what actually happened is more quarterbacks became usable from a week to week perspective. There was really I mean, if anything, it, it, it changed things in the other way, in the opposite way that you would think. And the reason for that is just because, you know, I tend to I try and I try to push this agenda a lot, too. 
I try to look at fantasy football from a weekly perspective because that's actually how we play the game. Right. Um, so while your yearly projections might say Blake Bortles looks better, realistically from a week to week perspective, you're not going to notice that difference. Right. I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Then the last question that I wanted to uh, make sure we got to today was from uh, at Brooksy. He, he's the winner for the most uh, generic, obvious question award, uh, which is <laughs> which late round quarterback are you getting the most shares of this season, JJ? Um, I'm going to go with Andy Dalton. So I know that, uh, the offensive line, huge issue right now. They got rid of a couple guys this off season. Um, but at the same time, Andy Dalton last season had a really, really awful touchdown rate. He had a 3.2% touchdown rate. He only threw 18 touchdowns. Had he thrown, uh, at his, uh, career touchdown rate last season, he would have had 25 touchdowns given the amount of attempts that he had. And if he had 25 touchdowns, he would have been a QB six in fantasy football. So Andy Dalton last season, he's going to have some regression coming into this year. AJ Green's going to be healthy. Tyler Eifert's going to be healthy. They now have Joe Mixon. Uh, they they drafted John Ross. I mean that that offense is, has a lot of weapons. If that offensive line can hold up, Andy Dalton could easily be. And I'm not. This is not hyperbole. I think he could be a top five quarterback in fantasy. Wow. He's done it before too. Two years ago, Andy Dalton before he I think he broke his his finger. It was uh, when AJ McCarron came in, but. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, if you remove that game where he broke his finger, I think it was against Pittsburgh, actually. Uh, if you remove that game, he averaged over 20 points per game in fantasy football. It was a Drew Brees-esque season on a points-per-game basis for Andy Dalton. He would have been a QB4 had he continued that pace over the last four or five games of the year. And then four years ago, um, Andy Dalton finished as a top-five quarterback in fantasy football. So Andy Dalton has done this before, and now he has these weapons. And I know that... The downside is obviously that the offensive line is garbage and it might be really bad. I get it, but that's all embedded and baked into his ADP. He's being drafted in the 12th round. I think that's worth it. If he doesn't pan out, your worst case scenario is you can hit the waiver wire and start streaming. Yeah, yeah, especially at the value you're getting them. So it makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, my follow up to that really quick is I'm a Tyrod Taylor guy. Are you feel better about him this year with the new coaching staff and everything, or are you more down on him for that? Yeah, I think Tyrod's fine. I mean, you, you, can he, I mean, you can almost bank on him being a fringe QB1 or in that QB1 territory. I don't know if he necessarily has the the ceiling that a guy like Dalton does, but I think that he's he's a pretty safe asset to draft just given what he's done the last couple of seasons. Gotcha. Okay, those were the main um, questions that I wanted to get to. We're, we're going to jump over to a segment that we always do on here, which is foul or no foul. Um, really quick for anyone new or you who doesn't know how to play, I'm basically going to throw statements at you that were either, either given to me or I found them on the internet, stuff I just made up, whatever the case may be. And if you um, think the statement that I'm giving you is incorrect, you don't agree with it, um, then you would call foul on the statement. But if you think it's fair, it's a good statement, you would just say no foul. You agree with it. Yeah. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first one, uh, Jake Cutler will call the Bears games better for Fox than he would have called them being the starting quarterback for the Bears in week one. Foul or no foul? Woo! Man, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no foul. <laughs> I, I, dude, Cutler Cutler got so much. Like I, I get it. I, you know, I, I get it. He's not the best quarterback in the world, but. I also think he he uh, he got a little too much flack for for what he did or what he perceived to do um, on the sidelines and off the field. Gotcha. All right, I see that. All right, the next one, um, talented singer Ed Sheeran. Man, he made an appearance on Game of Thrones this past weekend, which really pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> they just, yeah, I did. guess they felt it wasn't needed, and you know, it was kind of misplaced. So the statement going here is: um, long-running TV shows should not do their version of celebrity name dropping by giving huge celebrities quick appearances on the show. Foul or no foul? Uh, I'm gonna say no foul. I mean, I, I like, I, I, I totally think it's fine. It's a marketing thing, right? Yeah, like. 
right? Yeah, I got nothing against it, man. I don't know. People got really upset about it. Yeah, they did. They he really deleted did. his Twitter and everything. He was not happy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right, the next one. Um, yeah, obviously, we wish this guy nothing but success, but it has to be asked. Um, Ezekiel Elliott owners should be legit concerned about owning him on their fantasy teams, foul or no foul? Uh, I want to say no foul. I mean, I, I think it's that's certainly uh, the case. Like, I mean, it, he. I've I've read a lot of reports that uh, it could the suspension could be a lot longer than what we initially thought and anticipated. Um, I wouldn't like basically what I'm saying is I wouldn't be shocked if he gets hit with like a six game suspension. Gotcha. All right, that's fair. Um, the next one: the Steelers shouldn't pay Le'Veon Bell number one running back money plus number two wide receiver money. Foul or no foul, JJ? No, no foul. I could go on for hours about why that's a terrible <laughs> idea. The, the paying the so what I what I always go back to. So I understand that Le'Veon Bell is is elite at his position and he's one of the best running backs. I mean, uh, he could potentially be one of the best running backs of this era. I mean, he's that good, right? right? The the problem is that you're comparing him to other running backs and the position itself is inherently not valuable. So if you're going to spend money on at the running back position. Uh, it just doesn't make that much sense because there's an opportunity cost in doing that because you're not spending money at other positions of more worth, whether it's quarterback, cornerback, uh, edge rush, uh, wide receiver, you know, the, the, the positions that either stop the pass or enhance the pass. Um, cause that's what this league is right now. And I understand that he catches passes and that he's a great receiver. Um, but inherently the running back position is not that important. I mean, think of it this way. Justin Tucker is a fantastic kicker. Justin Tucker could end up being one of the best kickers of all time. Last season, he had one of the best kicking seasons of all time. You would not be sitting here making the case to give Justin Tucker, let's say, $13 million a year. And you say, why wouldn't you? Well, of course you're not because he's a kicker. Well, (laughs) running backs, running backs, I'm not saying running backs are the equivalent of kickers, but running backs as a position just don't hold that much value. And that's the reason why you don't spend at the position. Right. I think, I don't know if it was him that mentioned it or somebody else, but I guess he feels that the position is already devalued. And so I guess he's trying to, you know, correct that. But like you said, there's a reason why the industry, I mean, the uh, the teams have made it devalued. (laughs) They had, there's a reason behind that. So yeah, I get you, man. I got you. Um, The next foul or no foul is, uh, I know you spoke about this on your podcast before and stuff. So I figured we'd touch on it real quick, but the statement is handcuffing your running back in fantasy football is a bad idea. Foul or no foul. Um, no foul. It's definitely, definitely a strong idea. Um, (laughs) it's just, you know, I, I have some data that backs it. Um, just for, as a, for instance, um, over the last six years, I looked at every RB one that was drafted. So 72 running back ones and and the handcuffs that were associated with them. Um, there were 105 and I called them injury weeks to those RB ones. So weeks where those RB ones were hurt over the last six years, looking at the handcuffs, that were drafted to handcuff those players, they had a hit rate, a top 24 performance rate when they stepped in to be that dude's backup of 34%. Now, that's basically the equivalent of a top 30, 24 rate. That's basically the equivalent of Jalen Richard's 20, 2016 season. So basically, even assuming the running back gets hurt, even assuming the RB1 is injured, your probability of getting a top 24 performance out of that handcuff is Jalen Richard. Wow. It just doesn't make much sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's fair. All right. So what I want to do is I, I really don't have much else planned because I didn't want to take up too much of your time. I just want to hit some couple uh, last listener questions that I had here then um, since we have cool. a couple of minutes here. Um, 
one from at JJK is asking, um, is Big Ben being slept on? You know, he understands that he has road, the, the, the road uh, trips that are planned and the away games and all that kind of stuff. But do you feel like he's being, you know, underrated at this point? I'd be more inclined to say yes if it was a super flex or two QB league. It's just that the position is replaceable. And I don't want to spend up on that position in fantasy football when I can get usable running backs and wide receivers or at least increase my probability of hitting on those running backs and wide receivers in those rounds you'd be drafting Big Ben. I think Big Ben certainly has top five upside. I think that offense is going to be pretty dynamic this season with Martavis back. But at the same time, I don't know if it's all that worthwhile to to reach, let's say, uh, for him, given you know we know that the, the position is is replaceable. Gotcha. So you think he's a pretty good value just where he's at? And yeah, I think I think fair. he's fine where he's being drafted for the most part. But obviously, in more casual leagues, like as we as we approach August, um, in, in these more casual leagues, quarterbacks are going to go earlier. So I could easily see some leagues where Big Ben's a sixth round pick, let's say, and that, that just to me doesn't make much sense. Right. One more then before I let you go. I'm at Dem Bones. Jay Stu, uh, Murray, L. Murray, and Jay Hill all have rookie running backs now that are you know pretty highly touted, high, highly high, drafted pretty high. Um, which one of these three veteran running backs do you feel has the best season though? I think it's Jonathan Stewart. Uh, the reason, the main reason being, I think you know, I think Joe Mixon is going to end up just stealing that job. Jeremy Hill's performance each consecutive year over his first three seasons has has gotten worse and worse, both from an efficiency, just just in general, but right. especially from an efficiency standpoint. Uh, Gio Bernard's coming off of the ACL, so I think Joe Mixon is going to have a lot of opportunity to start. Don't really love Jeremy Hill. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Dalvin Cook guy. He didn't rank super super high in my prospect model. Um, but at the same time, Latavius Murray is kind of, you know, from, from what I've analyzed with Latavius Murray, he's just a guy. Um, he did not perform all that well behind a really good offensive line in Oakland. The other running backs there actually last season and Jalen Richard and Deandre Washington outperformed Latavius Murray behind that same offensive line. So I'm not all that high on Latavius Murray. Plus the offense is kind of whatever. Um, but then you look at, you, you look at Jonathan Stewart, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I, I, while I, I love Christian McCaffrey, I think he's the RB one in, in real football in this draft class. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any reason for them to, to throw him, uh, behind Cam Newton and run him 210 times this year. Gotcha. Uh, I think there's a reason they got, they still have Jay Stu could easily see Jay Stu with over 200 carries. And as a result of that, I think he's just, just the de facto answer to that question. Gotcha. And one other thing you mentioned, DeAndre Washington, and Jalen Richard, they're like a big debate these days. You, you have, you, you pick one side on that or not? Yeah, I, I I would lean DeAndre Washington. The main reason being is that his college profile is just a lot stronger from a market share and production standpoint. Gotcha. Um, you know, usually usually the guys who are three down workhorses almost always are guys that produced in college, and his his college profile uh, just easily trumps Jalen Richards. I think Richards a fine pass catching back. I just think that if something were to happen to Marshawn Lynch or even in general, I think that DeAndre Washington would be the the early down guy who's going to spell Marshawn Lynch. Throughout the season, I, I like DeAndre Washington actually a lot as a late round pick this year. Gotcha. Well, we've reached the end, my my friend. Man, I re- I really appreciate you know you stopping by and chat with me. I, I I can't thank you enough for that. I don't sadly have a uh, Lord Reeves air horn to close us out with. So um, just <laughs> <laughs> if you can just let people know though, um, <laughs> there we go. We got a JJ one. Um, let people know where they can find you, uh, where they how they can support your content and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I'm at I'm I'm on Twitter at late round QB. Uh, all my work is over at numberfire.com, and I've got two podcasts. One that I'm really trying to promote in the late round podcast, uh, which I'm going to be doing uh, a few times a week during football season. I do two a week right now. 
Um, then I have another one called living the stream as well. Gotcha. And you definitely drop some gems on here for sure. We do live in times where we, you know, short attention span, short term memory. Maybe it's just me. I don't know, but that's just how I feel. Um, now if if you could just, you know, leave the clock Dodger listeners out there with one thing to remember from this episode, what do you, what what do you want to leave them with? It could Um, be about anything, literally anything. You can give them dating advice if you want, JJ. Yeah, well, I I do live my life by uh, the motto "Live your life like it's a romantic comedy." That's my that's my <laughs> that's, that's no, but but I, I think I think if you know if someone's listening, we you know we talked about just kind of my journey a little bit and and what um kind of works or what I I think I think is helpful for writers to keep in the back of their mind and analysts um when it comes to the fantasy football industry um remember to differentiate yourself and, and remember to just be yourself i think that's the, the most important thing people want a human to be behind all the numbers and all the analysis just be yourself and and come up with some really cool ideas um just just through your amazing brain that you have perfect man thank you very much i appreciate that thanks man no problem and we're back well not we're back obviously it's just me back jj had to go i had to let him go on to do other things but i'm here to close this bad boy out with you as i promised shout out again to jj zacharyson much appreciate him coming on you guys heard where to find him at uh just in case you missed it for whatever reason you want to follow him on twitter at late round qb Again, you want to check out Number Fire. They have a lot of great content there. He is the editor-in-chief. And, and of course, support his podcast. He has Live in the Stream with Denny Carter, and then he has his Late Round podcast, which I uh, definitely ask you guys to please both subscribe, excuse me, subscribe to both. Sometimes I try to talk before I've thought it out. So, yeah, subscribe to both. Um, thank you again to JJ. Much appreciate him coming on. For those who have listened to this episode, those, you know, those guests, you know, those those listeners who I said are, are new to the show. Um, if you're listening because you've seen JJ was on, I totally get it. I get it. He's a smart dude. You want to hear some insight? I, I have no, no problem with that. What I do ask is if you enjoyed your test ride, which... I've enjoyed you listening, but if you enjoyed the test ride, please hit that little subscribe button. It takes two seconds. It means so much to me and to, and to the other Clock Dodgers. You're, you'll be a part of the Clock Dodger family, and we can go on and have some fun. So if you just hit that button, I would really appreciate it. It means everything. And, and I, I'm glad, even if you don't, I appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, so shout out to everybody for that. Uh, of course, you know I like to give shout outs. You know I always have to show love. Um, so shout out to Raiders homepage on Instagram. They showed love for the uh, Ishmael Zamora episode, kind of put it out there for guys to see uh, to their to their Raider Nation followers there. So if you guys can support them also by following them on t- on uh, Instagram or show them some love, really appreciate it. As always, with every guest on the show too, if you guys can hit them up on Twitter, uh, hit up JJ, let them know. You know you heard them on the Clock Dodgers podcast show. I always say that because for a couple of reasons. One, obviously you guys know that it's super important to me to support other people, right? That are, that are doing whatever, whether, whatever the guest is doing, you know, it's important to me that we support that, uh, content, whatever it is. But on top of that, it lets the guests know how real the clock Dodgers are, how real this family is. Like you guys know, I take super pride in not just the podcast itself, but the brand, the, the the family that we've built, the the contributors, every every one of you um, make an impact some way or another. So I always want the guests to feel that that they're not just on some other podcast. They're not just on another podcast. This is a special podcast. It's a special family we got. So the only way they know that is if you let them know. So if you hit them up, let them know Clock Dodgers sent you. Let them know you appreciate it, and they definitely need to come back on. So if you guys could do that, you know it means a lot to me. 
uh, and to the guests. That's that's what's most important. Show our true colors, guys. That that's really all as far as that is concerned. As far as JJ is concerned, definitely you know do those things. The other stuff that I wanted to hit on really quick was if you guys uh, haven't checked out clockdiders.com in a little while, please do so. I ask that because again, as always, there's a lot of great contributors there and they'll get overlooked if you don't go check out clockdiders.com right now. Just just to kind of give you a quick, you know, briefing on what's been on there just of recently. Um, this is all within the last few days, probably. Um, we got Nick's Nick Nick's Knacks. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Nick Snacks, uh, which is written by Nick Martinez. He's actually a new writer at Clock Dodgers. So shout out to Nick Martinez. Um, I definitely, definitely suggest you guys go out there and check his stuff out. He's got these cool articles where he's not writing about one topic, one um, niche you know, area. He's literally going to write about all kinds of stuff, stuff he experiences, um, things he's he's uh, gone through, all, all different things. And in this instance, the first article happens to be a sports article where he talks about uh, he went to three of the American major sports championship games. So he went to a World Series game, he went to an NBA championship game, and he went to a uh, Super Bowl. It was pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Not everybody gets to experience it that, you know. So um, check out his story. Then you also got the, the census rankings that are always being updated. They were just recently updated, the running back. So we got the top 50 up there by Swagzilla. Those are census rankings. Unlike any rankings that you have, not but not just some experts' rankings or some uh, analysts' rankings or, or whatever you want to call it. These are rankings that Swag puts together through community votes. So it's literally like rankings that you made. You, the community, you made them. That you chose who where, where these guys belong. And I don't agree with them all. He doesn't agree with them all. The community obviously doesn't agree with them all because everyone votes different ways. But it's cool to kind of see an idea of what when you're entering your drafts or whatever the case may be that the overall group feels um, might happen. So then you kind of know where guys might go, even if you don't like them and, you know, stuff like that. So it's cool to strategize around. Of course, we got the guys dropping the the T to green articles. Those are uh, golf DFS articles. This particular matchup has ended, of course, by the time this is out. But check those out. Guess win some money, have some fun. They got some good stories in there. Uh, we got tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade was cool, too. Another article where he took the community, the community interacted with it. And so you got guys on there. Oh, of course, this is by Tyler, if I, if I didn't mention that, uh, at Trade MF, MFLA on Twitter uh, or Trade Master on, uh, on Fantasy Life app. But he, he, he again, um, took uh, what people took a stand on things that they believe is going to happen this fantasy season and he weighed in on what he thought about it so it's cool again another thing that gets you guys involved if you guys don't see the overall thing here is that we want you to react and interact with us <laughs> that's the part of cloud dodgers when i say as a family i'm not i'm not kidding like that's really what we're doing here so these these rankings these articles the podcast the contest everything is to get you involved that's what we're about it's fun when everyone gets involved it just is um speaking of contests people keep asking me about the uh official fantasy ring sponsored contest that 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 is about to happen i have officially made it so that the draft and league will be run on sleeperbot our good friends over at sleeperbot have an update on their app where uh you can now draft and run leagues on there so shout out to nan and those guys um we're gonna host it on there to have some fun it's a, it's a new thing um to support those guys and what they're doing so the league will be on there i got about 10 guys who are pretty much locked in already um what's going to happen is we need to donate ten dollars 
to charity. If you want to give more, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, but $10 is the entry in. Um, so 10 guys who have kind of um, been asking nonstop because they really want to give to a cause. They want to have fun with it. They want to uh, involve themselves in Clock Dodgers some more and help people. So those guys have been around Clock Dodgers forever. So they're kind of dedicated and into it already. So we got like four spots open four, five, maybe. So what I'm going to do is, um, as soon as you hear this episode, if you want to be in the league, I'm going to ask that you follow me on Twitter, if you're not already doing so, and then send me a DM, a DM on Twitter. This has to be on Twitter. Um, So if you don't have a Twitter, I guess I can let you email me. Either way, you can email me or or DM me on Twitter. I prefer the Twitter way. It's just easier. Um, But what I'll do is, the first four people that DM me and title all, all they all I want you to say is I want in the Twitter DM timestamps it. I'll know who the first four are. Obviously, I can't pull no shenanigans. And the uh, first four they get give me the I want in will be in. If guys who are inside that ten that I said are pretty much in already, um, send it. Then of course you still have a chance because I won't count them. Uh, and, and don't hesitate to do this depending on when you hear it. Don't worry about when you hear this podcast. Just do it anyway. The reason I say that is you never know who else has done it because they may have not have gotten to the episode yet. And two, the future contest that I do, those people who would DM me and say, I want in will kind of be um, at the front of the line for the next group, just like these 10 guys are. Um, this That's where you'll end up for the next contest because we're going to do more and more contests. It doesn't stop here, guys. Um, the overall idea here is to do good and to help others and to push it forward. And so that's what we're doing. And so we're going to have fun doing that. Uh, so this one, I need four, at least four people, I believe. But everybody who wants to be in it, just DM me and say, I want in. You got to be following me too. At Clock Dodgers. If you're not familiar, it's at Clock Dodgers. C-L-O-C-K-D-O-D-G-E-R-S. Do that now. I'm telling you, first come, first serve. I can't pull no I can't pull no strings on this. So um although I kind of did for the first 10, right? <laughs> not pulling strings though. They're like super into it. They they've messaged me out the blue, sent me emails, you know, are staying on top of it and they keep asking. Um and, and I mean, really though, if they don't respond quick enough and other people have, you're gonna be in. That's why I say just do it regardless of when you hear this so that you may get in. You never know what happens. Uh but other than that, guys, those are the big things going on right now. Go to clockdodgers.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Don't just listen. Don't just find the link, hit it, and listen whenever you see it. Subscribe. You'll get to go back and hear all the old episodes. You can get the new ones as soon as they come out. This way you don't got to wait and see links or someone telling you about it. Just subscribe. It's so much easier. And, again, it helps us out. Um, if you haven't left a review, I'm always going to remind you guys because it's pretty cool to do. Uh, and I will be... Um, randomly picking people from time to time out of the reviews to send them clock dodger wristbands. So if you're in there and you left a review, I mean, you're just automatically like in there for um, contests and such like that. So right now, uh, if you do that, you may just randomly win some shit. Who, who doesn't want to just randomly win some shit? Some stickers, some wristbands, a shirt here or there. You never know. Um, so shout out to everybody. I really appreciate the continued support. It means a lot. Uh, I can't I can't express that enough, and um, it's always it's always a, an important thing to me that this podcast isn't like the other podcast, isn't like what you're listening to. It's different. We do things differently here. We have fun. We get the insight, the advice, whatever the case may be. If you have any suggestions, any comments, any con- con- uh, ways you want to contribute, whatever it is, hit me up. Just hit me up. 
you could do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Email, it sounds funny saying that's old-fashioned, but it just seems like it sometimes. Contactors at gmail.com is the way to connect with me there by email. Otherwise, you can follow me on all the social media platforms at Clock Dodgers. I, I look forward to seeing you guys around. As always, guys, you know the deal. Be kind. Be great. Keep dodging. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.